Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Now entering Nerdist.com. playing words with friends these days? Yes. I got Scrabble, but no one seems to have it. Nope. Done. You know why? It's not free. Oh. Sorry. I like to support my local app store. (laughs) Your local Scrabble. So your local app store is basically your phone, because that's that's what's in your pocket. It's wherever I want. I just go down. I I modded a little old man to greet me when I open it up. They know you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Every once in a while, they crowd up Oh, What's it going to be today? Mega Man 2? Is that that the crotchety old man? He's an old man. He he sits on the porch of my house. Stop selling his snake oil long enough to come and help (laughs) you. He runs an old pharmacy and uh, in uh, 1930s Chicago. I get my soda pop from there. It's very uh-huh. delightful. Yeah. I think it's soda eat pop, actually. Yeah, pop? I do believe. I Mr. Some... Capone was asking about the Mega Man. What? <laughs> it's just a weird anachronistic. <laughs> the Doctor Who ripped rip in time. Um, <laughs> what? And 45 seconds. I know. <laughs> I get so much shit about that. Uh, I get shit and love about it at the same time. Where I just finished season four, finally. Oh, you finally finished finally season finished four. Finally finished season four. I'm ready for uh, the uh, end of time, part one and two. Okay. I'm excited. You watch it? <clears throat> Never seen it. Wow. I saw one episode, and it's the, one of the best things I've ever seen. You, in my life. Well, really? you, you saw Blink. Yeah, Blink. The guy who wrote that is now the head is now the, the head writer on the show. Okay. Wait, is Blink just an episode? That's it's an episode just, title. It's just yeah. an episode. And I've never seen any other episodes. I don't know the characters. Like really, I've never seen much of it. But like, it's like this episode stands alone is just a really cool time travel-y oh. thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Doctor Who has a couple of different. Types of episodes. There's kind of the episode where they'll either go backward in time or forward in time, but then there are episodes that are just the like willfully mind bendy. And yeah. the, the guy who wrote that tends to write the more mind bendy ones. Yeah, but uh, it starts to hurt, but it doesn't. Like it, Blink like, is you know, like those standalone X Files episodes that were really awesome. Could have been a movie. That one could have been yeah, a movie. Yeah, hmm. All right. So uh, anyway. now that we've now that we've. Uh, Bored the non-Who fans with more Who talk. Uh, Down in Whoville with their Who talk. <laughs> no! <laughs> Wait, is, this is, is this the fact we're doing it? This, we're this in is, it. We're oh, in we did. It oh. Uh, we're here with oh. uh, with Rich Summer, who is uh, TV's Harry Crane from the Mad Men Comedy Hour. Mad Men. The Mad Men, <laughs> Mad Men, Com- Comedy, the Mad Men Hour. Comedy Hour. With all your favorite Mad Men's. <laughs> brought to you by Ipana toothpaste. <laughs> What's Mister Draper up to this week? <laughs> so you're the third Mad Men. Uh, That's right. Character that we had. We had Alison Brie on. We had John Hamm on. Um, we're just uh, working our way up. We're just working That's our right. way. Yeah. Well, you. but we're working our way through the company, and uh-huh. then, and then we'll, hopefully we'll end uh, with Sterling or Cooper. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Get, uh, then, get Bobby Morse on this show. It, he's very up to date on the uh, cultural things. He's ready to go. What we got to do is try to. What we got to do is try to mirror the show. So we have to. We'll, we'll have each person from actor from Mad Men on, and then we'll end the show with kind of an awkward pause, and then go to some sort of weird, like morose Brenda Lee '60s song. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's out at the end. I can't wait for our season finale. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, I am so excited because uh, Mad Men is coming back soon. Really soon. Um, August? July. July. Yeah. So oh. this this will probably go up in a couple of weeks so that it'll, it'll sort of come it'll around. sooner. What's the premiere date? Is July 25th. July 25th. Chris, we got to use that heat. we got to yeah, use that heat. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so we gotta, that's Comic-Con week. 
Uh, oh, that'd be comic. Are you going down? Have you ever done that? I've never done. I've never been. Never done. It's a uh, ridiculous. I hear it's amazing. Yeah, I it's, love it. I love Comic Con. I'll be there. Um, Seems sweaty. It's, it is. It is. It, it, it is. is very sweaty. There's there are a lot of outfits like the people who, you know, who do like full body. I think you're much better off if you're if you're some kind of a like a Xena or just a superhero who happens to be a whore and you're not yeah. wearing a lot. Well, that's like good for heat exhaustion, but not for all the other dudes that are there that ogle and take pictures and grab. And the problem is that... Grab? Yeah, like Blair <laughs> Butler. Blair Butler would get grabbed walking through Comic-Con. Uh, that's not good. No. no. Well, ner- and nerds in costumes, they... they, they, they uh, uh, take up more oxygen oh, yeah. uh, from the air, so it becomes thicker. It's like that dense sort of what's left over after they've yeah, so processed it. They actually they had to bring in effects wizards from Industrial Light and Magic just to <laughs> modify the air conditioning systems uh-huh. of the convention center. I there, was a, there, wow. was a, there was a Batman I saw, and like I was doing a thing uh, with uh, Jordan Morris for Fuel TV, and like uh, like there was this guy just in a full like kind of rubber Batman outfit, like just like going like. <laughs> And like oh, I was like, no. "Are you okay?" He's like, "Hold on." And then like his voice was like that, not on purpose uh-huh. to sound like Batman, but because he was <laughs> he about because to die. he was actually asphyxiated. Yeah, exactly. Sort of and he kind of lifts up like the uh, the chest area of the uh, you know the Batman mask, and then just like it looked like someone was pouring oh. uh, like buckets of water at it, was just sweat pouring out of the costume. Oh god! And I was like, "Oh, are you okay?" He's like, yeah, "Water." <laughs> better get some spacey MTs in here. <laughs> Batman's voice didn't it bother you in the Dark Knight when? Uh, Christian Bale would talk to Morgan Freeman in the Batman voice when he clearly knew that it was Christian Bale. Like, he would still use the voice. Yeah, but it's sort of it's like... stay committed. Yeah, yeah it's sort of it's like how some actors are like, listen, when I'm on the film, you got to refer <laughs> yeah. to me as my character name. And so that's just how... Ba- Batman's... Uh, Bruce Wayne is method. Yeah, that's right. So when, that's right. when he's in Batman mode... Christian Bale isn't method, but he's no, playing Bruce Wayne uh, Bruce as Wayne, I have to ask you, uh, about Batman right now, why would you... Uh, why would you even bother? We've been through this before, Lucius! We have fucking been through this before! And then that's when Christian Bale steps out and screams at the cameraman for yeah, getting in exactly. his eyeline. I have not been to Comic-Con, but I have been to some cons. Some I've cons. been to... Uh, in New Jersey, I've been to UberCon, and these are smaller cons that I go to. They usually have a, not usually, they always have a board game component to them. I'm a bit of a board game fanatic. Oh, really? Uh, fanatic. That's awesome. And so, I have Trinder uh, Pursuit in my car if you want to play. That's not what I'm referring to. Oh. Um, but uh, uh, UberCon in New Jersey and then StrategicCon here is a th- thrice yearly convention that happens near the LAX, uh, either at the Radisson or some other LAX hotel, but it's... Uh, Wait, hold uh, on. They, I just want to point out to listeners that to seem cooler talking about video games, you turned your baseball cap backwards. I Rich, certainly Rich did. did flip the cap on backwards. <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, Hang on a sec, dude. Sunglasses coming out. <laughs> Start smoking a cigarette. It's a serious deal. He just, uh, Rich just licked his two, his two fingers and slicked yeah. his eyebrows down. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, it's because they were, they're bushy Island. and they were hanging in my eyes. I couldn't see you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and the, I play board games, but at these conventions, there's always a... Uh, there's a whole bunch of components to it. There's there's a, a role playing area, and then there's a video gaming area, and and like PC gaming, and then there's a LARPing area. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the the LARP guys will always sort of like sometimes come down and try to recruit people to come and and play <laughs> the game, and they're in their costumes and they're like, "Hear ye, hear ye! We ought to have a battle <laughs> upstairs in conference room three A." Like, I, I mean, I I kind of love it because I. I have a very soft spot for those guys, but it's uh, wet bar and tiny fridge. <laughs> That's an elixir uh, on the second shelf of two. Coca Cola Zero. I am the mayor of the region for a conference B. Are you? What kind of game? What kind of board games do you like? Uh, a designer. Uh, not Trivial Pursuit. Not not generally. I'm not a trivial. I, Sorry, uh, but yeah. besides, aside from what I just said about Words with Friends, we were just saying I, I do enjoy that game. But usually, I'm not a word or trivia guy because it requires a kind of like knowledge that I'm not willing to to put the time in to to <laughs> attain. But I like strategy games. Uh, there's a there's a website called BoardGameGeek.com, and uh, that's that's kind of where I got started in the hobby uh, in like 2003 or two. And uh, it's it's I've I've quite a quite a little collection. Can going. actually no is is this a is this like a board game social network? Can people find you on there and play with you? Or, are you, or they can find. I mean, it's you can't pl- you can play on there. Mm-hmm. There's only like one. You can play a. a <clears throat> Tigris and Euphrates by Rainer Knizia. <laughs> Ew, um, the Fertile Crescent. You can play that one on on Board Game Geek, but usually it's just a place to find like uh, 
local game groups and uh, uh, people who are trading games. There's a lot of trading games on there. You say, you know, you mark off all, it's a database that has every board game ever. And so you mark off the games you have you're willing to trade and then the things you're looking for in exchange and people make offers and you just send them through the mail. And Do they have an Necrobopoly or was that just... <laughs> there was an episode of Simpsons where they pull out all the Monopoly games yeah. and one of them was Ed Necrobopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just uh, um, Miriam, uh, AP from WebSoup, yep. uh, gave me a Simpsons Monopoly nice. as a parting gift. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I don't play Monopoly. It just takes too long. It does take too long. But it, but if you I play like by the Monopoly. rules, it takes less time than you think. It, like everybody plays with house rules, like money under free parking That's and all that. It's, oh, what what, what are the actual? Rules. What what are some of the? Well, what are some common Monopoly misconceptions? Well, the, the house rule of, of money under free parking or, or uh, things like that. Paying people will when they're supposed to pay to the bank, they'll put it under free parking. So that when someone lands on free parking, all that does is it like un, you can get someone who's about to be out of the game and then all of a sudden they're flush with cash and that changes the whole dynamic of the game and adds like an hour and a half to the game. So when you're this close to finishing, yeah. oh fuck, this guy's now back in and so we have to do this whole thing again where we, you know, whittle You hear down. that motherfuckers? No money under free parking no anymore. Money. <laughs> this, is not how we, this is not how I roll the Monopoly die. I play with people who don't even auction off the, the, the properties like when you land on them people are like oh no don't want it and then just go to the, the auctioning is the only thing that offers any yeah. sort of strategy in the game otherwise it's just roll and move and now are you are you a fun guy to play board games with or do you get su- super, super I don't intense? get super I mean uh, rarely like one out of <laughs> out of 50 times that I'm playing a game will I get really pissy about it and it's usually like after you know it's in my witching hour like at two in the morning when there's a, a a guy that I play with in New York. He hosts these like twelve hour game days at his place <clears throat> when I lived in New York, and uh, uh, he he would have people over starting at at you know noon or so, and and the game the, the games would go into the wee hours. And uh, it was about two in the morning. We started a little game of El Grande, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in last place in the game, and somebody made a move against me, and I did the uh, the trademark like, why are you fucking with me when I'm in last place? Like, what what does that gain you? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm really tired, I'm just really fucking tired, and I don't know why you'd go after me, Rich, I'm last place. Rich, after that sleep, night, you moved to Los Angeles, and away from New York gaming forever. That's right, I had to get out of there. Uh, I had sullied my name. Rich, I've been talking to the other game board geeks, and... Uh, <laughs> Attitudes. Just not uh, You're right. I, I, I should go. Your attitude's not El Grande. If you <laughs> the mayor of 4A, however, would like to incorporate <laughs> Oh, did someone mention me? <laughs> but I am but a mere blacksmith. Girl, take your shirt off, Gary. <laughs> but this is how they did it back then. No, it's not. They had to build their own huts. They didn't have a hotel conference room. Um, so how was the... Uh, uh, I'm actually going to stand up and get some water in a second. because uh, do, do, Anybody else want some water? I'll take some water. You want some water? Tell us about the. Uh, what You moved out here like three years ago. Did yes. you move out here, here for Mad Men? Yes. So you auditioned in New York? We did the pilot in New York, and then it was about it was about eight months between the shooting of the pilot and the shooting of episode two of the first season. Oh, wow. So okay. in that time, we got picked up and then got sort of put together and, and were moved out here over, over the course of that time. So mm-hmm. I moved out here about a, uh, three weeks before shooting started. Uh, and I've been here uh, since then. So three years ago, in it was just in May that it was three years. You know, it's amazing because um, Ham would hang out at uh, like all the comedy death rays, mm-hmm. and and so I was familiar with him just from seeing him around comedy. And after the first season of Mad Men, I didn't I didn't watch the first season because I just didn't I just didn't for whatever reason. And but I'd heard about it. So then I was doing a, a show that John was on at the, the UCB, and I was like, oh, congratulations on your show! I hear it's you know I hear it's doing really well. And he was like, oh, thanks. I mean, he's just a sweet guy. Then I started watching it. Like I did, I played catch up, uh, and you know, like iTunes all the all the episodes. And it's <laughs> fucking your show is so amazing. I mean, yeah. like top to bottom, and you're amazing on it, and the cast is incredible, and like everything about it. I, know, I mean, I know I'm just kind of regurgitating what everyone says, but fuck, you know, like when you work in this business a long time, it's hard enough just to get on a shitty show, like much less uh, like a show that is a goddamn masterpiece. So how do you like every morning? Are you just like I can't believe this is my life? Uh, almost, yeah. I mean, it's it's little things like um, you know when when uh, we went to the SAG Awards and like Quentin Tarantino says, "Oh, you're on Mad Men, right?" And I'm just like, oh, "How the fuck? How the fuck does Quentin Tarantino <laughs> know that I'm on Mad?" That show could use the N word a little bit more. What? <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't know if you've actually seen the show. You just, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean things like that. It, it, there are all the. It, it's easy to become sort of complacent and then you're constantly reminded. I just put this on Twitter yesterday, but um, 
my uh, I have a two and a half year old, and she was watching uh, Sesame Street. We were watching it, and uh, I had stepped out of the room, and I heard her start yelling, "That's Daddy! That's Daddy!" And I came in, and you know, Sesame Street did a Mad Men. Oh yeah, bit. I remember that. Yeah, and that's really awesome. one of the characters, I mean, it, they don't explicitly say it's Harry Crane, but he's wearing glasses and a bow tie, yeah. which to me seems fairly. Uh, I'm the only guy who does both of those things, and so it was like a very like. And, you know, that my kid can be watching Sesame Street and peg that there's a Muppet that yeah. looks like me, that it, it's, that, that shit blows my mind over and over and over again. Are you sure she wasn't pointing at Oscar the Grouch? Because she's yeah. uh, not, yeah. not a nice guy, Rich. She, that's yeah. the one, like, it's like, she's super that? passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. That's daddy. I'm living in garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, daddy's in the bow tie. No, uh, uh, he's that green monster in the trash can. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I remember when uh, when The Simpsons did, did that. Uh, yeah. Was it like how to get ahead in advertising or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, it was and the Halloween the episode. Halloween, the Halloween episode. We've been on like the big three S's of pop culture, which are, are Simpsons, Sesame Street, and SNL. Yeah. And that is for me when that stuff starts happening, or like when when we would start to see it referenced in in pop culture, when the New York Times just sort of says. You know, like on Mad Men with Don Draper, and then they go into the rest of their article, and it's not about Mad Men at all. It's just become a part of this pop culture. That's you, crazy. You guys really are a part of the sort of the vernacular and just the the tapestry of of, of pop culture right now, and and it's really fascinating because you know I I work on a small cable channel, mm-hmm. and uh, AMC is I mean it's not a huge cable channel, but the programming is. Fucking amazing on AMC. They've made some good decisions. And uh, it's going to just keep getting better. Yeah, I know. You got got Walking Dead coming up. Walking Dead. Oh, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I I hadn't read Walking Dead. You're showing Breaking Bad and that. It's it's insane. It's really, it's becoming like the powerhouse, I think, of this. And and what's amazing, like, if you ever, (laughs) if you ever really look at the, if you really look at the, at the sort of antiquated ratings numbers, you know, for like AMC or, or, you know, or, uh, or HBO or like the numbers aren't oh. stellar, but it doesn't matter because there's such a cultural awareness mm-hmm. of, uh, of of these these shows. Well, and plus those numbers don't count things like you getting it on iTunes. Or uh, they don't count. Uh, they don't count DVR. They they've started to. They have. They they at least AMC looks at those numbers now. Right. They to to talk to advertisers about. You know, they say our Nielsen is is X, but if you look at the next day viewings and the viewings of our show throughout the week, because they play our show. You know, five or, or six yeah. times in the week following its initial airing, it's it has a, an actually an okay number. Um, it just doesn't look like it from, like you said, the antiquated sort of like this Nielsen. Well, number. it's you know, like I don't know how many Nielsen boxes are there in the country. Like if one person watches your show, like on yeah. a smaller channel, it'll spike the number. And it, I mean, I would be really fascinated to find out what the actual numbers are. If there was some way they could, you know, that we could relay. What people are actually watching versus taking a, a sampling. I'm I would, sure, I would sure really there love... is, but Nielsen doesn't want it to happen. Well, I don't yeah, know. If, I don't know true. if people want it to happen because I don't know if people are comfortable with the idea of no you know like sending diagnostic information from, from right. their TV yeah. watching habits. But but it's clear that a lot of people are watching uh, Mad Men, probably you know more than whatever the kind of Nielsen sampling uh, is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I think so, and it's it's. It's good. We're, so we're, we're here happy to make you feel it. better. About it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, Thank what's you weird guys. about stuff like about AMC, like really kicking ass with shows, it's like it, it kind of like everyone would always say like HBO can do it because they can swear, they can get violent, right. and like now it's showing that it's like it, you don't need any of that stuff to be able to like tell just good stories about like awesome characters, right? And that's what like there was a big to do with. Um, uh, Walking Dead because it was either it might have gone to AMC or it was almost going to go to Showtime right uh, with Guillermo del Toro uh, instead of Darabont at AMC and like uh, it's like there was like a lot of t- like like big uprising people it's like no because it can't be violent or gory if it's on AMC and like because like it's pretty it's a pretty like it's intense yeah it's crazy and but like um but like you realize it's like it's not so much about that as it is about these characters living in that world of gore. Yeah. And like it's like that's just what's so awesome about AMC is that they're just proving that it's it's not about it's a like good the story. shock factor that HBO. By the way, I think we need started. to point out that after Jonah mentioned The Walking Dead in one of the last podcasts, <laughs> someone from AMC contacted him and offered to send him a hat. Yeah, so true. Now, I'll take, yeah. Now, now, oh, that's now, awesome. Now, now, now he's all. Now, now we're all. I mean, we're all AMC fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel Jonah's pushing a little hard because he's like, well, I got this sweet hat coming well, in the mail. It's, no, but like, like you know, I I am a huge fan of it, uh, and I'll do whatever they want. <laughs> but a hat sounds great. I've told them a number of times that I will happily just be a Walking Dead I, or anything. I said the same like one. I emailed back, yeah. Just to make, just to, and that's the thing. I hadn't read a single issue of that. Um, and I was in I was in New York doing uh, an episode of Ugly Betty, 
And uh, I knew that we had picked it up and that we, it was going to happen. And so I, I went to this uh, comic store in, in Union Square and I bought every available issue from, yeah. from the beginning to now and read them all in the span of a day. Yeah, it's cool. so fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. You got the big book, right? The compendium. The, the compendium? I did not get the compendium. I, I had, <laughs> this is what happened. Jonah runs a monthly comedy show at uh, Meltdown Comics. Mm-hmm. And so I had set the compendium aside... I was going to buy it, and then I left, and I forgot, oh, like, right, after yeah. I did the show. So that I'm sure it's not still on hold anymore at Meltdown, yeah. but, uh, but I do, I do want to go, yeah, go get it. It's great. Because you know, we, we did a panel there, like, what was it, a year and a half ago with, like, uh, uh, Damon Lindelof. Remember yeah. that? And, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, and that was one of the topics was The Walking Dead. And this was when it was still, like, it, no one was sure where right. it was going to go. And, like, uh, I remember, I'm like, s- that was the first time I pointed it out to I've, you. I've yeah, seen yeah. some of the cast list, and I... I um, one of the guys, uh, Jeffrey Demun, who f- works with Frank Darabont on all of his projects, he and I have the same manager, and uh, he's playing the Carl, the older, the older guy that, oh, who drives the RV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, the, like him alone, the the credibility of that show with Darabont, especially. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And everything I'm hearing of the amount of money that they're shitting into the pilot, it's it's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's. You know, again, and by, by the way, AMC is not a sponsor on this show. Even yeah, though we I'm have, sorry. Well, they're my even boss. Though, even, even, though we, even though we have buried our genitals deep inside yeah. uh, <laughs> AMC. Like no, no, but yeah. I, I want to say, like, I am fascinated by a network that will make the kind of programming decisions of, you know, period piece show like Mad Men, Super Stylized, Breaking Bad, which is oh, just drugs fucking and incredible. So good. And no, again, no swearing on the show exactly. and not really any sex, but they, yeah. it, it's sort of... That sort of, I think it forces the writers to be more creative. Yeah, like, much more I, shocking than like Hunk or, you know, something like like that like needs like sex and like... Right, right, right. And so, I also look forward to your summer screenings of Jaws, AMC. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hellraiser 4, I'm yeah. hoping, for your annual showing. That Nerdist episode ended with everyone chanting AMC. <laughs> it's uh, really ridiculous. No, uh, and Breaking Bad is like, I, I mean, if I picked my favorite drama to watch on TV, Breaking Bad is... I mean, it's it's hard not to be a sycophant, I mean, for for AMC, but I mean, luckily right now, and I haven't seen Rubicon yet, so I can't, you know, come into that. Maybe that's a piece of shit, and so that makes it easier. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, they, they they just really have made ballsy choices. Breaking Bad has ruined uh, from the Earth to the Moon for me because uh, Brian Cranston plays Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's just like really, there's something else going on in Buzz's eyes now. Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about Malcolm in, the, Buzz. Malcolm in the Middle? <laughs> they call him Buzz. Yeah. You know, like I don't I don't understand like why other like why isn't Turner Classic Movies you know up in the ante with their programming and going you know doing some classic. Mm. People are American movie to... classics. Fuck, you're like, right. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying we should kiss AMC's ass, but we should change the ABCs to the AMC's. We should change the alphabet to the AMC's. A, M, C, D, E, F, G, just fucking Barry B. Like, wait, I mean, who gives a fuck about B? I want that hat, Chris. I want that fucking hat. I think you're getting the hat. No, no, you, thank God. You might, get a, you might yeah. get a jumpsuit. Here's my address. Nine, five. You, better, you better get a hat, and then Thing from the Adams Family better reach out of it and jerk you off after everything that you have said, yeah. that we have said collectively about AMC. Wow. So, Surprise. It's like Doctor Who hasn't come and given you a blowjob. Yes. <laughs> Twice. He did, but then there was a ripple in time yes. and I forgot that it happened. I forgot that it happened. Uh, and actually, yeah. that hasn't happened yet in his uh, timeline. That's something yeah. you, have, you have something to look forward to in the past. Yeah, oh. the problem is I stuck my cock in a tear in time and now my balls don't exist anymore. Oh. So it's sort of a weird thing. Yeah, sort of a weird thing. Also, I've got to see that show. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching it like it's fucking. There's no balls in here anywhere. <laughs> Where's the balls? <laughs> um, so someone make that T-shirt. <laughs> Where's the balls? And then just a the Tardis in the background. Yeah, yeah. Inexplicably. <laughs> um, I have five of those on. Yeah, yeah, we'll have them. People, people make stuff like it's like there's been a couple like when we had Alison Brie on. She said, "I want to do uh, comedy drama on the internet." And it's like we said, we should make. The two masks with the computer in the middle. Yeah, we got like, we got we got some submissions. Nice, yeah. it, was, it was really fun. So, uh, uh, did, when you first started on Mad Men, how were they in terms of? Did they have an idea of how much all the characters were going to figure into the plot, or was it just mainly going to be Draper? Or because now, I mean, now you're a substantial part of the show. Yeah, you I went mean, to the next the next company. Yeah, I mean, they thought they thought in the beginning. I think they didn't know what they were going to do with us. We were we were kind of described in the beginning as a Greek chorus. Me and Aaron Staten, who plays Ken, and Michael Gladys, who plays Paul Kinsey, were sort of the, the Greek chorus of the office. Paul, uh, or uh, rather, Pete Campbell's Yes Men, sort of. And um, 
I mean, if you look at the pilot, the only one of the three of us that even still remotely looks like what he looked like in the pilot is Aaron Staten, who plays Ken. Uh, Michael, uh, you know, instantly got a cardigan and a pipe, you know, and became uh, as pretentious as he actually is in real life. And, and uh, my guy sprouted a wedding ring and went to bow ties and, and uh, kept the glasses. And I, I think it just kind of quickly became necessary to make these individual characters. But I don't think they had any idea. I don't think, I s- still don't think they have any idea. You know, I mean, they know what's happening this season. But I don't think they plan very far in advance. Are we now? I know, if you're not allowed to say this, obviously it's mm-hmm. not going to be a big deal. But um, is the show jumping forward in time again to like later in this, like a couple years later? Or I mean, I can say the only thing I can say is, and I can say this because our our my boss Matt Weiner said it in an interview, which is that we are not starting the next day. Okay. Um, we 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 will always move some amount of time. I think this is an anticlimactic. I can't say much, but all I can tell you is that Don Draper dies in the first episode, <laughs> and uh, then wow. after that, it's pandemonium. Actually, I gotta know, like, um, there's like uh, your character's uh, development seems to. Have you ever read the Bernie Rolstein book? Uh, You're nobody in Hollywood. I have not. No. Is there any? Um, is do you know if there's any uh, like relation to your character of Bernie Brillstein? Because I have like no uh, idea. like some of the things that happens to your character like actually happened to Bernie Brillstein, who was like you know. Like a comedy legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, I know like, who he uh, was. But did he start in advertising? Is that the, I mean. It's like he was like, he he started like, he's the guy that came in, like in the company, it was William Morris, I believe. And like he said, like, you, sh- you need a TV division and I'll be the one to head it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so like, I was, I was always wondering if that would become well, your it wouldn't It wouldn't shock me because, um, I mean, Matt's pretty open that a lot of the things that have happened to the characters, aside from, from Don Draper's like life story. A lot of our office interactions, conversations, incidents come from true stories that he's either read or, or anecdotally heard or, or even the, from the writers' lives. Like one of our writers, Robin Veith, from the first season, when was that episode? Second season? First season? When Betty Draper comes out with the, the gun and is oh, shooting I the neighbor's birds. Her mom did that. One of our writers' oh. moms did that. So like the, the story's certainly, it's, it's a pretty personal show for Matt and the I'm sure every show ends up being that way. Any kind of drama that it pulls from real life, because otherwise it would be dumb. But it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it makes it somewhat relatable. Why do they have jetpacks? Or no, no, they decided not to pull from real life. <laughs> I only have one complaint about the show, which is um, my father was a like a huge professional bowler in the '60s, and I really want to see I want to see some weird bowling subplot. Oh, God, that'd be great yeah. because it was like that was weirdly bowling was the premier. It was like the American the sport. Yeah, yeah. And my dad has these crazy like rock star stories. About like, yeah, we were in Los Angeles once, and this local Jaguar dealer gave us a, a couple of a uh, couple of brand new Jags, and we just got drunk and we're just racing down the 405 at like three in the morning. Jeez. Then we went and I, I arm wrestled James Conn, like all these what? insane. <laughs> Didn't your dad what, do what like Budweiser commercials? Yeah, I was gonna say. And my dad did a Miller, um, uh, an MGD commercial in like uh, no uh, Miller High Life commercial in like 1969. That's perfect. That's awesome. But yeah, but I would love to see bowling on the show. Other than that, your show's perfect. Why don't you uh, Why don't you write that show? Take well, AMC. Yeah, I'll, I'll write, I'll write a spec. Uh, hello, Matthew Weiner. I'm Chris Hardwick, and uh, you may recognize me from G4. No, nothing. All right. Well, here's a script. It's about bowling. Yeah. Um, this is all on post-it notes. I know it'll take you a while. To read it. <laughs> Don't pull them apart; they're in a very specific order. It took me forever to put them in there, and if I refuse to number and them. Turn and flip the pages. It's a story. Now I've animated a little bowler in the bottom corner, so if you flip the script, you can see him bowling a ball. Flip the script. Um, but uh, I have this theory about the show that uh, I well. I don't know if this is going to be a Heisenberg thing. If I say it, then maybe if it was on the horizon, now it won't. Maybe it'll, I'll fuck it up somehow. But uh, I have always felt that the opening credits of the show, the opening animated credits mm-hmm. of the show, are going to be what happens in the very last scene of the show, that Draper is going to leap to his death at the end. I feel like his character has to kill himself at I the mean, end. I mean, he is kind of a piece of shit. Well, <laughs> he is a piece of shit. He's a, he's a fuckable piece of shit if you're a lady in the mm, 60s. Dashing. Dude, you don't have to be a lady. Dashing. What? Jonah. Jonah, why's your cock in your hand? What? Hey, <laughs> I've been there the whole time. Where are my balls? Is that an AMC <laughs> tattoo <laughs> on your cock? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> when Jonah gets hard, it says American movie, clap. But yeah. he kind of ran out of space. You got to plan that shit out, oh. Jonah. Yeah. I, I don't, I well, there, don't. there are two kind of weird things about jump, th- those credits. One is that, um, I mean, first off, I think in, in defense of our writers, I think it'd be a little bit on the nose for that to happen. And, I, I, and I don't, I, I, Matt has talked about that a little bit, that, that, I mean, 
metaphorically, this guy is falling. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really the whole the whole point of it is the metaphor of him right. falling past all this shit and 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 trying to land. Chris uh, only on sees the literal. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So why isn't the show animated again? Because the credits <laughs> suggest that it's an animated show. I don't really understand. <laughs> like, no one should have faces in the actual show. Wait know, till episode to five the, this uh, year. All right. There's There's no it's, it's our cartoon anywhere. episode. By the way, not everyone's really that mad. Like, I don't know why mad men. <laughs> um, the, the other thing was that my character was was supposed to kill himself in episode one, or episode one, season one. Um, by jumping out of a window. Uh-huh. And I think there were a couple reasons they didn't do it, and one being on the nose, and the other being that, uh, thank Christ, they didn't do it. Um, because then I wouldn't be on the show anymore. But, uh, so but yeah, so, so they, they, they have certainly discussed it, but I, I don't know that You don't think he's going to kill himself at the end? I, I mean, I, I guess it wouldn't shock me, but uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I always feel like, you know, like you, if, you, if you were to flash into the 70s or the 80s, the Don Draper guy would be just like this sad, leathery dude. I yeah, think, sure. I think, I think yeah. the show's going to end with the moon landing. Really? 1969. Right in the middle of July. You think so? It's good. Oh, that's kind of good. nice future. You'd look out onto what's on the horizon. Little do we know the 70s are coming. Um, <laughs> wait a second. I think, Time I think we stops. Really know that the 70s can just, are coming. Can I, can I just something up? Have you ever watched Mad Men? No, Man? never seen it. Watch it was a good no, idea, man. Never watch the show. I think it's going to do with the moon landing. No. Uh, Why like, wouldn't it? You had Kennedy's assassination, then you go with the moon landing. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's possible. Do you, do you and the other actors like uh, ever get together and just talk about what you think might happen? Oh, absolutely, yeah. all the time. I mean, we're, we're you know we gossip about it as much as anyone, and we have a little bit more information, but n- not. Much more. I mean, we we still get them script by script. Yeah. We get them the day before the read through, and we do it. And and so, some people hear rumors here and there. Like when Peggy was was pregnant in the first season, um, I had no. I mean, I saw that they were putting her in a fat suit, but I thought it was just like a social <laughs> thing, you know, yeah. some commentary on something. And uh, Aaron Staten again, who plays Ken, came up to me and he was like, "Hey, uh, I heard uh, I was talking to somebody. I think I think like." Peggy's pregnant. And I was like, what? <laughs> what, what the fuck are you talking about? And so we, we talk about it. I mean, we, we talk about it amongst ourselves. And then people kind of are like, hey, um, so uh, Lizzie, um, what? <laughs> this fat suit, like, what's that about? And she's like, I don't know. It's a thing. I don't know. You know, it's, she knew, obviously. But it, so we, we, we don't know anything. Do you have, have were, were there any theories that, uh, that you were convinced were going to be true that ended up to not be true? Oh. Uh, I feel like yes, but I don't know what, uh, well, uh, no, I don't know. Yes, yes, I can't think of what they were off the top of my head. There were times that we were like, this is definitely going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's, it's kind of turned on its ear, but that's, that's what Matt wants. The end of, uh, the end of the season last, last season was that, that season finale was one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. And it, what's amazing about it is that it could have been a series finale like that, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it was so powerful that it could have been a series finale and yet uh, you know I still have all this you know like oh, oh, Betty and that other dude right and, I want Sal I was like a, I was I want Sal, Sal back yeah I want Sal back real bad do we know if like and you can't answer any of that it's just <laughs> it's just, just kind of watching the watching the company break off yeah you know like yeah. now you're this kind of satellite agency oh, yeah, absolutely I think um, I mean I don't I don't write for TV so I don't know how they do it but it looks to me like that is sometimes the goal I mean here we knew we had another season coming writing uh, for TV is very that, easy Rich especially with that show uh, thing here old lamp in the background <laughs> light uh, a cigarette it's television uh, cigarettes a couple of broads you put some booze in your hand we roll credits I'll done I'll done <laughs> Um, but uh, like the first season, we didn't know we had a second season coming. So the first season finale, when Don comes home and and they're going to go uh, for Thanksgiving after all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but they, yeah. there was some discontent in the marriage that continues through the seasons, I'm sure. But um, he he comes home and there's sort of this almost dream sequence of him coming home and everybody's still there and they go yeah, together yeah, yeah. to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then he sort of snaps out of it and, and they've all left and the camera pulls away from him sitting on the on the steps. And uh, that was written to potentially be a series finale because we didn't know if it was going to be 13 and done because we hadn't been picked up yet. Right. So we, and we didn't fully know what the, the, the world's reaction was to the show and we, we didn't know if it was going to happen. And I remember Matt just saying, you know, if this is, if this is where it is, it's, it's been kind of an amazing few months. So that's, that's I think, the, the principle under which they try to operate, you know, all the time of you know we don't know we don't know what the fuck is going to happen anytime yeah. uh, you know this this season our boss doesn't have a contract for anything beyond the season so 
I never know uh, what's going to happen. You know, I, I hope that that uh, my uh, friends at Lionsgate uh, pick up the phone soon and make make a call to him. But I, I don't know, what, you know, when that stuff. I'll happens. tell you what I never saw coming. I think one of the most uh, one of those moments where I was watching the show and then what the fuck was when that British guy got run over by the yeah. lawnmower. Oh. <laughs> I that was so. That felt like it, it stepped out of just the kind of normal conflict of the show. Yeah. And <laughs> the blood spreading on the people watching was just such a yes. so Of course, I found myself cracking up, but at the same time, I was utterly horrified. Yeah. One of them's going. Are we getting one, feedback? One of them was. Are we getting feedback on the. It's okay now. Yeah. But I, I, it's is weird. It, They're all in airplane mode. So is it the iPad? Oh, it's the goddamn ah, iPad. Oh, I forgot about that. Boy. Has that been going the whole time? No, no, no. Okay, cool. Sorry, you know I bought you you I because I have the microcell that I put in yes. my house yes. that I had to pay extra for AT and T just so I could make a call in my house. Yep, me that, too. That's I did not it. that's not working right without now. Without wires though, that's the thing you're paying. For. Well, what's crazy is the microcell <laughs> paid for that. To be fair, you're, you're, you you pay you know you pay the hundred fifty dollars to buy the microcell so you can get reception in your house. It uses your Wi Fi, uh, and you still it still comes out of your minutes. Oh, AT and T, they get you. They sure get you. Um, Microcell comes over using all your Wi-Fi, taking yeah, charging you for it. Who does it think it is? <laughs> Never leaves any hot water in the shower. Rich, uh, <laughs> if you were to try to if you were to try to save AT and T's image, uh, what do you think Harry Crane would do in the way of oh, a television commercial right now? <laughs> I can't do that. Put a little howdy doody, yeah. a little howdy doody guy on there. Space. Uh, are do you? Is there? Is uh, how how uh, how Stuck to the script of you guys. Is there any? I mean, can you improvise at all, or is not, it just like not a not a syllable? Okay, uh, it's very very word for word. Um, you ever we, use a contraction? They say cut. Yeah, uh, no, they don't say cut, but the script supervisor does come to you and say, <laughs> "You said can't. It's cannot." All and right. That's can thing. you say? Uh, I sure hope we get that American Airlines account. Sixties. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wonders why they cut away from me right after I said account. It's because I said sixties. Sixties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot of room for it. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty tight. We had a scene actually the other day where um, I, I was uh, talking about this is hard because obviously I can't say right, anything right, right. about anything. But the other actor, I was um, murdering Peggy. I asked <laughs> I asked the other actor a question, and uh, instead of answering the question, they are supposed to cut to this other group of people. Um, kind of uh, over it's kind of a larger scene, so they're over somewhere else in the office. And, uh, uh, but they were doing our coverage on it. And so I would ask the question and then uh, this other actor would sort of uh, like try and kind of improvise a response without saying anything. And it just became a clusterfuck because every time they would try and do that, we would start laughing and the director's like, what are you guys laughing at? And I'm like, I'm asking a question. They can't respond at all. Uh, and uh, yet we're supposed to keep going. And so it's like, it, it, you get into these weird, awkward things because, because a lot of us are in, in comedy, and a lot of us uh, are uh, have done improv at times, and it, it's weird to not be able to break out at all, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. But also sometimes it's it's great, because it makes life a lot easier. You know exactly what to say. And it, so what is the... I mean, like, what is your background in comedy? Did you, did you, did you ever do stand-up, or did you do sketch? I didn't. Stand-up terrifies me. Um, but I did, uh, I did improv. Uh, I started doing improv with uh, the Comedy Sports High School League when uh -huh, I was in yeah. high school yep. in Minneapolis. Uh, Great comedy town, by the way. Minneapolis is. is a phenomenal comedy it is. town. There's really, really good stuff happening there. Man. A lot of people come out of there, too. Like, doesn't, like uh, Nick Swartzen? Nick, Nick Swartzen and Col yeah. Nick and Colton Dunn and I were yeah. all in the high school league together. Oh, nice. And Charlie Sanders as well. Who's oh, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, Har Harmar's from Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You know, what's, what's great about like cities like Minneapolis and Milwaukee, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a coastal dweller and you don't really expect... Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what I thought of that area. Like ah, Laverne and Shirley and bowling because right. my dad toured right. through there right. a lot because they're big bowling towns. But you go there, and what you find is that they're very cultural, and mm -hmm. they have these in these these really gorgeous theaters, and it's it's like a theater culture. And you go there, and you're like, why doesn't everyone live here? And then it gets to be like November, December, and you're, <laughs> your face breaks off. Uh, and if, if, you you're, if you hadn't lost your balls in that time rift, they would yeah, freeze exactly. off. Yeah, exactly. But, 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 but what's amazing about it is that they're great audiences to perform for because they go and they listen and, yeah. and they, they, they enjoy. And it's, you know, like, that is, that is awesome that, uh, that, that you're from Minneapolis. It's good. I mean, there, there is really good stuff happening. There's, um, there's a, the comedy sports group, and then there's uh, Brave New Workshop. Uh, which has been there since forever, 1958, I think, and mm -hmm. and 
there's a new one, Huge Improv. I mean, those guys, they're all really, like, it's a, it's a vibrant uh, comedy community. And, also, the music and, scene there is pretty good, And too. the music scene is good, too. Yeah, and the, 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 art, the art scene there, there's, like, a really cool art, art, art scene there as well. And then, like, and the guitar, like, that old guitar shop that yeah, I yeah. went to in St. Paul. Um, it's great. It's great. Everything, I mean, St. Paul, everything closes at 4 p.m. <laughs> if you haven't caught the last bus out of St. Paul, you're fucked. But other than that... Um, so yeah, I did I did uh, comedy sports high school league, and then um, I I did uh, improv in college, and spent a little time at the Brave New Workshop, and then um, when I moved to New York, I started at UCB right away, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, I took my first classes with uh, Eugene Cordero. Oh, nice. I, we were in class together, and and kind of came up together, and and uh, I spent time there. I was on a Herald team in New York, and and kind of have stayed with them, in touch with them at least. Um, kind of coming out here and when I came out here three years ago that was part of it was at a time that there was kind of this big exodus from New York where yeah, the, the LA UCB sort of beefed up yeah. with all the people that I knew from New York so I, I had kind of instant community here. I remember well, that was I, a weird time in the UCB in LA too because before that it wasn't really like a UCB community it was right. just all the Extertiary like comedy people kind of having this just one got absorbed, to go. yeah. you know, to all the. I, I thought I thought the UCB in LA was going to be a tremendous failure because I I didn't I didn't have enough faith in Los Angeles as a as a theater going yeah. culture. I'm like no, you know, because I like the, the the shows that I did like comedy Death Ray and they, they were bars, at bars, right? People yeah. could come and go and get food and drinks, and I'm like no one is going to come and sit in theater seats, right? And I was way wrong because yeah. now it has become the epicenter of comedy. Yeah. And now uh, it's like it, it's, it's a lot like the New York UCB where it is. Like it is. There's kids that have come up in the scene, and now it's their theater, and like there's just a whole. They've step done it. They've done an amazing job. How do you feel? Does your brain go to different places? I mean, I haven't done a lot of drama stuff, so I don't know. But so when you're acting on Mad Men versus you know if you're doing a comedy thing, does it did you, does it physically come from two different parts of your brain, or do you just feel like you're doing different shades of? I think of, just different shades. I mean, it's it's you're still trying to be you know when you're doing comedy or drama, you're still trying to be human. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, even when you're doing something dramatic. I mean, you look at Ham or you look at Cranston on on um, Breaking Bad. These guys find moments of humor in these dark, dark situations, um, and uh, I, I think I think it's all you're pulling from the same pot. It's just it's just uh, you know where where you take it mm-hmm. from there. Has, has, do you have, are you getting calls now, like to do films, and you know, like are you starting? No, 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 that's not happening. That's not happening. That <laughs> no. should be happening. What about any more sketches with uh, Paul Tompkins? I because that zombie one was great. That was really fun. I would, I, you know, I've been trying to do kind of um, like a year and a half ago. Th- 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 oh boy, I, I I start and stop stories a lot, so I apologize, but. Um, when I did Devil Wears Prada, all I could get were comedy scripts at mm-hmm. that point. Just comedy, comedy, comedy. And I was, you know, I, I had studied acting and I have a master's degree and I, I wanted to do more stuff. So I started asking to please put me out for more drama as well. And then Mad Men came. And now that I'm doing Mad Men, it's been hard as hell to get back to comedy wow. uh, in any way. So about a year and a half ago, I really kind of made this commitment to myself to start being at UCB more and just getting more into the comedy world again and that's when the Paul F. thing happened. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I started doing more stuff at Funny or Die because a lot of the guys at Funny or Die are people that I knew from UCB in New York. And, oh, that's cool. And, um, you know, Allison and Allison Bree and I just did a Funny or Die uh, short that came out, I don't know, uh, a week and a half ago. Well, but when this is airing, about a month ago. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so I'm just trying to kind of uh, be out there a little more. Uh, but, but no, I, scripts, scripts are certainly not just walking in the door. Uh, but like you've said too, I've heard you say it on this podcast. It, I mean, it's this business. Uh, it's it's not ever. I think until you are like Jack Nicholson, it's just not ever going to be easy. And and you know, like it's almost like you have to fucking grab the business by the scruff. Yeah. And be like, no, I do comedy. Like yeah. you, you have to. I don't know how actors. Um, first of all, I don't know how people just act. Because if I didn't have stand up to fall back on, I would fucking slit my throat. I right. would go crazy. You know, just just waiting around and the rejection process, sucks. and you know, like the the, the 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 audition skill is a whole separate skill set. Absolutely, the, yeah. it's just different. It's a very artificial acting environment. There, there are great actors who can't audition for shit, and so they just don't get. And parts. if you if you see people on TV, you're like, that guy sucks. What's he doing on TV? You're like, he's probably a great auditioner, right, exactly, and he's probably also a really nice guy, and people like him. So that happens. With him. He charms that happens the room. a lot. Yeah, you know? he charms the room, and then there's just kind of a weird disconnect when you you know you put him under the microscope of the of the camera. 
But um, it, it's the business will definitely try to. I never go up for film at all. The only reason I've ever done movies is because I've a friend directed it. Right. And I like want to be in this. I never get sent out for film. So you know, because I work in television, so they're like, oh, well, he's a TV. He's a TV yeah, guy. absolutely. I mean, there 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 is. I, you talked about this. I know with Alison Brie on, on the podcast as well. But it, it there is still a sort of division line of. These people do TV and these people do movies. And then in the Venn diagram, there's that little crossover of people who do both. Right. You know? And a lot of that crossover happens, a lot of it happens in comedy. I mean, it seems right now, because comedy movies are happening so much with the Apatow guys and those guys. I mean, that mm-hmm. stuff is happening so much. But like I, I talked to Brian Cranston uh, a couple of months ago, and he's shooting uh, Larry Crown right now with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, or they just wrapped. And I asked him, uh, you know, you've been in this business for a billion years, you did Malcolm for I think he did seven seasons, something like that. He did, and he did a lot of sitcom pilots before that. Absolutely, like he was he was one of those utility guys. I think where they would just because I remember I would dad. Yeah, I, I I was dating a girl like fifteen years ago, and she did a pilot that Cranston was on, and he was sort of a goofy, bumbly yeah. kind yeah. of a guy, but super funny. And and fuck man, that that guy is just well. And this this came out of he did an episode of X Files with Vince Gilligan mm-hmm. uh, and Vince liked him and remembered him and when he wrote this part said let's see him for this and it just sort of you know was kismet it just worked out but but i asked cranston how has breaking bad affected your movie career because i knew he was shooting Larry crown and he he well I, I would do the sign but you can't see it he made an ascending sign with his hand as though uh breaking bad had had really helped and i i, I mean i said really you were on malcolm for forever and he said yeah but nobody gives a shit Till they see you do drama, and then and then now they want to do it. So it's it's a you know weird. I can't that? figure it what, out. What what blows me away about that, and and certainly when you're talking about the Oscars and the Academy and stuff like that, is that um, I I think comedy is harder than drama. I do too. I personally think it's harder because I think it's it's you know because in any performance you're trying. I feel like you're you know you're you're sort of inviting the audience to relate to you, right? And it's easier to get people to relate to tragic things than to craft a, a, an event and try to make them relate and laugh about it. Right. I feel like is is a lot harder. Like really great comedies I think are a lot harder than 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 dramas. But that's I think it takes sometimes a really good dramatic actor to be uh, like a great comedic actor too. Yeah. Right. Well and vice versa I think. Yeah. I mean, it's like cuz like Adam Scott great like you know great dramatic actor but yeah. he kills it every time he does it. Adam comedy. Scott's fucking hilarious. We got to get he him is. on. We got to get Cranston on too, AMC. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've licked your taint up and down. <laughs> oh, that's right. Now that, right. Uh, now that we've now that we've We've licked AMC's yeah. asshole like we're trying to pull the paint off a shed. Send the Nerdist crew out to be zombies. And we, okay, okay, AMC, here are our demands <laughs> that are backed up by no repercussions whatsoever. We're not leaving. We're not letting Rich. We got leave. normal zombie, tall zombie, fat zombie right here. We, okay, podcasting zombies is my new show. Well, it's like uh, in um, in the Land of the Dead, the uh, one, like the fourth Romero zombie movie, they had uh, uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright as zombie extras. Genius. And like uh, they had a, you know, a little funny. featurette on the uh, DVD of just like them like going and just being so excited and then getting to meet George Romero and like it was just like it's so like it looks so fun except for the you know 12 hour makeup process. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. So what is your so Rich what's your what's your kind of perfect you know if, when you when you sort of fantasize about your perfect uh, career what elements does it does it have? It has uh, consistent work. Uh-huh. Uh, that's real. I mean, I have a I have a, a kid, and uh, uh, well, I suppose I can. I'll, I'll, here's your your scoop. I have one on the way as well. Hey, and, uh, thank you, thank you. So now uh, you can't refer to the one just as the kid. That's right. That's right. Now I'll have <laughs> the, to other kid, the other kid, and that's going to make a complex. For yeah. The second well, one. that's my goal. <laughs> just call I the want, second one. I want it to be very complicated. The other sister, the child, <laughs> Julie <Yes>. Lewis. Yes. <laughs> It went well for her. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I mean, right now, it's just knowing that I have this this family thing. I mean, I, I am just uh, very eager to keep work coming. Not that I want to just kind of take uh, everything, but I, I don't have the luxury of choice quite yet. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I just want to keep working. But if beyond that, um, I mean, I, 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 you know, like everyone else, I want to, I want to do, do it all. I mean, I, I would... I would love to keep doing TV. Mm-hmm. Um, TV, I think uh, the the sort of regularity of it, the feeling of like getting up in the morning and going to work yeah. and feeling sort of like a normal yeah. American yeah, dude great. is nice. Um, but uh, but also, you know, who doesn't want to do movies? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you want to do it? I, I think anyone who says that they don't care about doing movies has maybe uh, had some experience that I don't 
know about because I, my experience has been nothing but delightful. I mean, truthfully, I you know, if someone say, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, sure." But the the film shoot, and well, although on Mad Men, you probably your schedule is probably pretty similar to a film where yeah. it's like. You know, you could shoot from midnight to eight in the mm-hmm. morning, or you could shoot, you know, and you might probably spend a lot of time sitting in your trailer, your dressing room, or whatever, just kind of waiting around. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't mind that. I mean, at least on our show, we we are all, uh, luckily, buddies. Yeah. I mean, it makes it really easy that I work with, with awesome people. And yeah. uh, it's a very social group. They, they At one point, we had some problems with paparazzi recently, and they moved our base camp. Uh, somewhere else and it made it so that we couldn't as easily convene and immediately everybody was like this 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 won't work and and pure almost purely because of the social part of it that we like that all of our doors basically lead to this one table Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of chairs around it and we just sit at that table and and shoot the shit and uh, to not have that we were sort of spread out across the the studio or across the entire um uh, yeah, studio. Uh, that it didn't it didn't really work for us. So we we uh, we're a real social group, and and that that time is easily spent just kind of BSing. One word, Rich. FaceTime. Yeah. Everyone get your iPhone fours, and he didn't get what? Uh, oh, Rich, is that what we're? Oh, Rich didn't get an iPhone four. We didn't. I didn't. That's right. Because let me let me tell you something about FaceTime on the iPhone four <laughs> is that no angle that you hold the front facing camera at makes you look. Good or appetizing to a member of the opposite sex. I need to get an app to make it uh, like slim my face when I have it on my. It's 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 almost like a weird fisheye lens. Like if you were trying to do like sexy stuff on the iPhone four, you're like you have an enormous clitoris, (laughs) and every time you pull something, it looks like it's literally going to bop me in the face like a balloon at a fish concert. (laughs) It's really horrifying. (laughs) Really horrifying. Was it? It must have been weird. that whole thing that uh, where the paparazzi chased January Jones mm-hmm. down the street. I mean, do you get chased? Do you get chased? In- no, 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 no. They, I don't, they tend, I don't the the paparazzi tend to like the ladies. They do tend to like the ladies, and they tend to like people who are very popular. Uh, so I, that's think, not- I, think, I think Harry Crane's very popular. Uh, he's 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 doing all right. He's got some uh, he's got some 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 friends. Are you giving him a pep talk right now? <laughs> he's gonna be fine. Look, he's Harry, gonna be fine. He just needs to you, keep at it. You put the outfit on. You look in the mirror. Listen, Harry, you're doing all right. <laughs> and you pull the tie off. Yeah, but I'm just not really feeling it. <laughs> Quickly bow tie it again. Yeah. Oh, God. Bow ties. <laughs> is it See, like this is why you should not watch. A, it's not a little clippy? Well, uh, the first two seasons, they were real. And um, uh, and then the uh, third season, they gave me clip-ons because they were very tired of tying my tie for me. Every so, single time. Every single time. No, is it because you just never learned yourself? Well, it's... <laughs> Funny you mentioned this. There's, somebody is writing a Mad Men book right now, and uh, I wrote a little piece in that book for, about my experience with bow ties, which was <laughs> that for the first two seasons, I just didn't. I mean, it's it's really hard to tie to, to learn how to tie a bow tie. Sucks. Yeah, and everybody has all these tips. Like it's just like tying a shoe, which is not at all. At all true. <laughs> if tying a shoe really sucked hard. It, well, and if you were tying the shoe from the inside of the shoe, and like, like then maybe, but it doesn't, like, you're, didn't you're have tying the. Thumbs. Exactly. <laughs> so I, for those first two years, didn't do it. And finally, we were going to the Emmys, and I was like, I have got to learn to tie my own tie. So I sat down, thank you, internet, got a video that I paid yeah, like $4 how... for, and just watched this video for two hours, just practice and practice. And then I finally got it, and I was super stoked. And then I went to my fitting for season three, and I saw my ties, and they were all clip-ons. I said, where, where are these clip-ons? And Janie Bryant, our costume designer, said, well, you know, it's, it's 63 styles changed. And I was like, oh, but I, I learned how to tie a tie. And she was like, great. <laughs> well, I... It's so 62. I wrote, that, right, I wrote that little piece, and I sent it to Janie just to approve my mentioning of her. And she said, um, you know that, that that was a lie when I said the styles changed. And I said, I... No, she said no. We were just sick of tying your tie, and I was like, "God damn it!" So uh, I learned uh, to know about. That's great. So what a waste. So so what's uh, when you guys wrap? When you guys wrap uh, shooting? Uh, sometime late August, I believe. I, I, our baby will be born. Uh, you know, sometime September-ish, and so I'm hoping we don't push too far because often we push the season. You know, we end up making mm-hmm. the the season go longer, and so I'm I'm hoping we don't push too far. But uh, 
Yeah, so I, I go right basically from Mad Men down to the. That would be a real uh, parallel storyline if you ended up being stuck at work while your wife was having a baby. That's something that yeah, would right? happen on your uh, intelligent program. That could be a nightmare. Well, we that would love nightmare. to go to the rap party. Thanks for <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Well, I may have overspoken, well, not no, realizing no, I was fine. doing so. No, not just the right I don't, amount. I don't think you guys need uh, an invite from me. I think your AMC friends will <laughs> send you guys an invitation. Well, we did get a hat out of them, so I think rap party is the next logical step. It hasn't come. No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna get here. A Mad Men hat. Is it like a '60s style hat? No, it's, it's, no, it's like gonna a, be a Walking Dead. hat. A Walking Dead hat. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sure it's just gonna be standard. Uh, you know, black hat with the with the logo. Yeah. Man, I would love it if just all of a sudden, it, like a show like Mad Men is so perfect for. The very last episode, they just reveal that everyone is some kind of supernatural creature. I would love to see <laughs> really? like some weird sci-fi like. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, like Don Draper's like, my work here is done, and then Oops. he just encloses in a pod yeah. and then, like, ascends, shoots off a of Madison Avenue into yeah. space, and then they just boom. I think we just got boom, to the boom. root of why he didn't like the Lost finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I kind of want to talk about it anymore because I talked about the Lost finale on the last episode. Someone's like, I haven't watched oh, it yet, you whatever. fucking dick. And I was oh, like, wait, no, oh, there's, 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 you have like at most two weeks, at most two weeks to like watch the finale. Right. Yeah, you're we're outside of the sort of. Point of consideration for yeah. spoilers for the lost finale. Yeah, what shows people you still want? get pissed about six set spoilers? Like what? Yes. He was dead the whole time. What? No. Oh, um, I what? said that I want the last Airbender spoiler to be that M Night Shyamalan didn't actually direct it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think it maybe might have been a technical director about the, with all the effects? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. yeah. uh, so, uh, what shows are you? Are there any shows like right now that, you, that you're watching? You like? Uh, I watch. Uh, well, I watch Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. Uh, it's on AMC. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that channel or not, but that's, <laughs> yeah. it's a really great channel. You should check it out. Oh, I've been um, calling it AMP this whole time. <laughs> I didn't really it's understand AMP. how it worked. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of. Uh, I, I flit around. I watch a little bit of reality TV. Watch, uh, watch a little Top Chef. I, my favorite. I watch Ultimate Fighter. Like I. Oh, really? Love Ultimate Fighter. Wait, you say you watch Little Top Chef? Is there a dwarf yeah. version of this? Oh, it's show? great. It's on TLC, right? That's, That's great. Right. That's right. It's bottom chef. I'm tired of making oh. finger sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> they just give them those tiny little cocktail breads. Oh, a follow up to Dwarf Shake Redemption. Dwarf Shake oh, Redemption. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, uh, is there any is there any show that you're embarrassed that you watch, but you can't help that you watch it anyway? Uh, well, I have I have been known to sit with my lovely wife as she uh, enjoys the hills. That has happened. I still have not seen. Yeah, that's yeah. done. That's still not seen one episode of that show. I saw the uh, before was the hills. What was it? Uh, the the Laguna the, Beach. Laguna Beach. Oh right, right, right. Um, and I remember it hurt my brain because I was like, "This is set up and lit and filmed, and like uh, they're obviously just kind of going through what they just already talked about." Oh yeah. And like it hurt my brain because I was like, "It's not real, but it is real." Yeah. And I couldn't. I couldn't tune in. It, it's, and it's like a combination of awful people and bad acting. It's almost in utter defiance of the technology that you that's used to shoot it. Yeah, I am not yes. claiming it's good. I'm not claiming I even oh, really please. enjoy Actually, it. I, I watched like three seasons of Next Top Model, you right? Know, because my you know I was on for the first, I was on until the season whatever the season was when when they came out in like spacesuits at the beginning, and I was like I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> that's when, I it, when, when it turned into like theme. Oh Jesus, that show. Yeah, Tyra. Yeah, I, like, I don't really watch any reality shows. I'm like I don't think I've ever really gotten into any of them. I've been into a couple. You know, I, I really want to watch. Uh, I really want to watch Last Comic Standing this season because of uh, Kindler and Natasha and Greg, yeah. Greg Giraldo. I'm I'm woefully behind on it, and I'm I know a ton of people it, yeah. on it, and I, I should be watching it. Yeah, Craig is hosting it, right? Craig Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. You know what? No, I I watch the only reality shows I watch are like house shows, like HGTV shows, and like about like homes and gardens and stuff like that. Like it's like I and like the, that because I'm a house nerd. And right? there's no there's no commitment of like. The, the faux story they try yeah, to build exactly. in like you, you don't like, if you miss an episode it's sometimes it goes crazy matter. are they gonna sign the <laughs> <laughs> which one are they gonna choose previously on I House Hunters I Pawn Stars religiously Pawn Stars? On, on the History Channel it's just a pawn shop in Las Vegas where really? like there's a gold coin from a 1720 Spanish destroyer and it's like walks into the pawn shop and they always have experts on call for some reason. Is it like Antiques shop. Roadshow? But yeah, I was going to say but It's similar to Antiques Roadshow. I like that show. Except you get the pond guys that are... But like with way, filthy humans. It's not, oh, good, good. No, they seem all right people. Is it like Dog the Bounty Hunter? I has wish a it was. Show? There's no ice. 
That show. I watched a bunch too. of Dog the Bounty Hunter just because, like, when I get homesick, I watch Dog the Bounty Hunter to remember how much I hated Hawaii growing <laughs> up. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, those horrible assholes they're arresting are the kind of guys that would fuck with me. Yeah. And, like so, like I watch that. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of for the most part. You could you could place. hate a lot of stuff from that show. You could hate yes, like yes. other just people, people just in general, yeah. cars that they drive. You could hate everything because that yeah. show does not lead you to like anything. Anything. Not the people in it. Not the people they're arresting. But no. that's an interesting trend. I'm sure I've mentioned this in the podcast. We've done so many podcasts now i'm sure i've tried to make this point before but what's funny to me is that you know you look at any phenomenal show that's on television right now all of the protagonists are all despicable characters Mm -hmm. true yeah um like every show like it's just about like you know nurse jackie your show uh breaking bad dexter Dexter, 30 rock they're all despicable you know like house how is he like? It's just kind of an interesting trend in uh, you know, in just the way that we're that we're relating to our protagonists. That's yeah. fine too, because also like the latest Daniel Klaus comic, uh, Wilson, is just about a guy that's just like an asshole, like a commer- like a total curmudgeon, and like it's like one of his best selling books right now. The first uh, convention of any sort I ever went to, I, I got good enough grades to get to convince my dad to take me to the Thunderbird Hotel in uh, in Minneapolis to a comic book convention when I was twelve, and Daniel Klaus was was there. And I followed him around uh, because I, I read Cracked Magazine and he drew the uh, Ugly Family, yeah. you know, the Adams Family ripoff. And I, I went up and asked him to sign my, my Cracked Magazine. He's like, oh my God, I haven't seen this in like, I don't know, I haven't seen this in like five years. And I was like, well, it's running all the time. He's like, yeah, they don't pay me anything for oh, it. Shit. They haven't paid me in years. Uh, you know, I'll sign it. And he wrote like Stay Ugly in my eight ball comic that I bought, you know, but. Uh, Which of course is your fault that they weren't paying him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so angry he was a with kid. me. Uh, but he was like the first, the first like artist that I became sort of enamored of. Yeah, uh, I actually went to go see him. He did. He went to Skylight Books, uh, like to for like a signing and like it's like a, just speaking. And uh, da- uh, Dana Gould speaking is that a thing? Speaking. A speaking. <laughs> he went for a speaking. A speaking. Yeah. speaking. Are you an alien? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to go regenerate in the bathroom. <laughs> pee, pee in the bathroom. <laughs> pee. Uh, no, but like uh, and Dana, uh, Dana Gould was the uh, the moderator, and I was like, I was just like, oh, just seeing him in real life was so awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. Uh, he's not dumb. He's just as uh, just as like unenthusiastic as you'd imagine. <laughs> as he was when I was twelve. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some twenty years ago. Like he was even like talking about himself. He's like, nah, and that's that's when I did uh, art school confidential, and people go be like, well, woo. He's like, and, uh, <laughs> just like not into it. Not into his own career or I, life. I hosted a battle of the bands when I was in high school as the MC, and uh, this guy came. Uh, I don't remember his name, but. He played in a band. He was always super angry. I stood next to him in choir, and he was always really mad about everything. And then he played in this band, and they uh, they applauded his last song, and he said, fucking liars, and walked off the stage. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen. Someone yeah. just watched the doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let him in, Jim. Let him in. Speaking of uh, battle of bands and bands, uh, so like, uh, there's a Tom Hanks cut of, uh, of That Thing You Do that I highly recommend. Really? Yeah. It's great. It's a lot longer, and it's, it has like so many more scenes and build up with Charlize Theron's character. It's like I. It's really. It makes the movies like you didn't even know there was plot holes until you see this yeah. version where you're just like, oh shit, yes, of course they never I like explained that movie. That. I like that movie. It's one of my favorite movies, uh, and like this is a. It's the Tom Hanks edition. They didn't say director's cut. It's the Tom Hanks edition. Yeah, right. And it's like uh, there's a there's a couple scenes where you're just like it really gets you way more into the band. It really. It shows their personalities like kind of change as they get bigger and bigger. Like it takes its time. Steve Zahn is in that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Steve Zahn's great. great. He's Minnesota as well. He's, I would watch uh, a yeah. Tom Hanks edition of anything. Yeah, I would too. I love Tom Hanks. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his twit pics. <laughs> I'm too. Yeah, I'm too. I too. Yeah, his twit vids are great too. It's like, oh look, a Woody billboard. Bye, Woody. <laughs> Just like, uh, I fucking love you, Hanks. <laughs> H-A-N-X. H-A-N-X. Yes, <laughs> like that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, we're uh, we're at the end of our hour. Oh, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Um, Rich Summer, so phenomenal to have you on. Yeah, thanks Thank, for you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. And for uh, me. obviously, new season of Mad Men. People should know that it's coming on. But uh, what, what's the premiere date? July twenty fifth. July twenty fifth. And the right. party is. We're gonna be there at the party Sorry. right before. Yeah, you guys just come and wait. Yeah. So we're not. So you're saying we're not invited? I didn't to say. I, no, I, 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 he's I think not you saying should. that. We're not. Chris, he's clearly saying. So we just we're yeah, gonna show up. Thanks for having me. Why does the sun go on shining? Why does the sea 
rushed to shore Don't they know It's the end of the world Cause you don't love me anymore Now leaving Nerdist.com Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.